Hello. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast. It is September 9, 2010. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing agency that puts on a podcast. With me today are... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Hello, guys. Hey. Hi. We're going off script a little bit today. Normally, for people who listen to us, they've probably figured this out. But if you didn't know, typically we record this uh, live in one shot, but then we it takes a little bit of time to get ready and up. So we usually record at the end of a week and have it up on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since Shushmid, Susamid, <laughs> is this weekend and through Wednesday, uh, we thought we'd go ahead and get this one up tomorrow. So, Adam, pressure's on now. <laughs> I've just publicly stated, though nobody will know until they've actually heard it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then we'll do a we'll do a podcast from Shushmid mm-hmm. that will be posted up probably the week of maybe a week from Friday or something, mm-hmm. so we can stay hot and topical and not important a week behind. Topical as in cream, a solution ointment. <laughs> I heard somebody debate once the differences between creams, ointments, salves. It just sounds great. Lotions, they're all different. Clinically. Yeah, like a cream yeah. is like a little bit of a thicker. I don't know. They're different. I'm not going to tell let's you not how. Get no, but they <laughs> are. They are. Some have medical qualities. Some are, yes, creamier than what, others. Is Vaseline more like a salve? Vaseline's a brand name. Yeah, but I mean like the <laughs> petroleum, petroleum jelly. jelly. Yes. I think that well, It's got to yeah. be a salve. I, I think, think it's more a like salve. a salve. A salve. A lotion is like. Ointment, I think, has maybe some medicine in it. That would make sense. I could be wrong. I don't know. Like don't Neosporin. This was not on the script. Let's <laughs> <laughs> okay. digress again. Okay. So we wanted to follow up on uh, our long, long, we had a long rant. I listened to that podcast. That was a long a rant doozy. on mobile, mobile check-in. Uh, a couple of things. We heard from Chris Boyer, our friend and client at Innova Health System, who was willing to share some statistics he has on mobile check-in and also on the question of ED wait times and iPhone app or, yeah, actually they have an iPhone app. So first. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope, nope, go ahead. Nope, nope, zip, zip. <laughs> so Chris says that they have uh, claimed uh, any Innova listing. So explain what that means, Adam, because I was confused when he said that. Uh, uh, pretty much. I mean, there's, there's any organ, any company that offers a service, whether it's Google Maps, where you've got locations on a map, right. or Foursquare, where it's, again, locations on a map, basically, that you're checking into. Um, if you are the uh, owner or some way affiliated with that location, you can claim it so okay. that you have uh, some level of control. Like we have, like our address here, we own or have claimed, I should say, uh, with Google. We have? So we actually get some statistics on how people, yeah, how the people, when people look up our address. Have we done that for oh. Foursquare? No. I don't know. I think you better get on that. I don't think we've had a whole lot of check ins <laughs> at the <laughs> office here. <laughs> okay. So that's what that means. So he says that uh, now Innova is a multiple hospital system, uh, basically in the DC market, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, and he, what, from what Chris has seen, uh, they are getting check ins. Uh, and, and he says in one hospital, uh, they've had over 700 check-ins so far. So that's a fair number. Yeah. Uh, what he said is that 60% of all the check-ins that he sees are from employees. Mm-hmm. 
which mm-hmm. would make sense, right? right? Yep. Uh, and then the rest, he says, forty percent are from people going to visit their family members. So according to his statistics, there's not a single patient among them. So there's nobody who's checking in saying, "I'm seeing Doctor So and So." Right. Uh, though I still think it's weird that somebody would check in as, if you're going to visit your family member. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. maybe I think it's yeah. I think it's. If you're someone who uses Foursquare, right. you just kind of get in the habit of checking in right. everywhere you go. Um, so it's probably more out of habit than anything um, when they're checking in at a hospital that they happen to be going to. I think I think it's I can see why it's more likely that a uh, a family member would do it than a patient because you know, as a patient you're coming there with one thing on your mind really, and that's the fact that something's wrong right. with me. I'm here because right. I'm sick, or I'm here because you know I'm getting chemotherapy. You know something else is probably on your mind but as a as a family member um depending on what it is you know if you're coming to see someone who's about to die then that might be you know a different story checking in might not be top of mind are there things that that you know i I get what you're saying if you're in the mindset of checking in using these mobile applications that you're just going to just do it yep but there's got to be some places where you go i'm not sure i want to check in here Probably, so? probably, I mean, what, but I, mean, I don't. I, I don't know. Assume a hospital is one of them, but I guess not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, if you're the if if you're already a person who's using that service and you're just used to doing it, um, you know, it's kind of you, you don't know, have I, any hesitation on some things, or yes, you think there I, are. Just I might. Not a hospital. I might, but I, I don't use it like that. I'm not. I'm not like a diehard Foursquare or Gowala. How about user. like right. jail or court? Maybe I think, again. I think, if you're, <laughs> I think if you're someone who uses it, you, I mean, you might second guess those because people would be like, "Well, wait a minute, why are you at the courthouse, or why are you, why are you in the jail? If you're in jail, you might not have your phone on you anymore." Good point. Um, <laughs> you could beg the officers, "Check me in." All right. So, all right. I just think that's interesting. But they, you know, one cool. of their hospitals, I assume, probably their biggest one. Yeah. You know, I think our rant. We are really coming at it mostly from that patient perspective. We probably didn't give enough credit to how family could use it and employees especially we really didn't give that much merit at all in our conversation and i think there's mm-hmm. probably some fun to be had with that from hr perspective or an employee fun yeah. perspective as if they check in and uh, okay. become the mayor of these locations or whatever i don't know I suppose. but at the same time i mean you know you know how the it is when it comes to encouraging social media right, use right. at the workplace you know they might want to put the kibosh on it you know as soon as they can, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm wondering if we hear it from, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. All it would do is promote your hospital, right? I mean, somebody else would see that you're checking into yeah. Innova Health System. It's right. a bad thing. Right. Yeah. I, it, just, it just, again, brings up the question of who gives a flying fig, but that's not me. <laughs> all right, so Chris has also said that there are some ways that he thinks that they could use Foursquare. Uh, for providing information about flu shot clinics, free screenings at each hospital. Uh, so in other words, relevant events that if you check in, maybe you get information about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, use it to promote cafeteria specials. And also to, to note on that, I think he is on, definitely on the right track. Because as we talked about you know, a second ago, if you're a, a patient coming to the hospital for other reasons, you know, that's, a flu shot's like preventive or preventative. Um, yeah. So you're not coming in with something already wrong with you and something already occupying your mind or or that that fear of the the system. You're coming in because you want you're taking steps to improve your health. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a wellness perspective in that case. So that's that's awesome. That's a great example, I think, of how you could. Yep. Maybe even for support groups or like maternity class check-ins. And I could see, yeah. I could get people getting into it if they're pregnant. 
because that's a really positive deal that you want to share with people. And, oh, I'm at my first doctor's appointment. And, oh, I'm getting that ultrasound. And I think the support group is another example of, of, yeah, a cool uh, use of it. Because I think once you're in a a support group, you're there, you're going to meet people, potentially become a part of those people's social networks because they're the people you're counting on for support, whether you're part of the group or whether you're uh, discussing the topic with them outside of the group. It's just so private. I mean, what most support groups, you know, I suppose, but would you broadcast on Twitter that you're part of a bariatric support group or part of a, you know, maybe it depends. Cancers? I mean, it just it seems depa- so well, personal. Maybe not. Tw- I mean, yeah, remember, you can you can keep some of this stuff private to your net to your network if you want. I mean, even Twitter, you can you can lock that down so that it's not open to the public. Um, you, I, I, I assuming you can do that with Foursquare. I don't. Yes, know I know that you can you can check in without publicizing the fact that you're checking right so so with that said um there's probably there's some value there it depends on how locked down and how private you're keeping this stuff i mean if you're if you're i, I can mm-hmm. see people being in that case maybe more likely to do it well clearly yeah. people are doing it mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah it must speak to people's personalities a little bit though too whether oh, or not totally. you get into this or i don't know yes well and we 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 have an article on the weekly probe Yes, about that. And one of the persons quoted in the Weekly Probe, I thought, said it well, which was, I think the quote was, uh, you know, if you want to check in to your latest GI, you know, let people know that you've got an endoscopic procedure, more power to you. (laughs) Exposure is the new privacy. And that's what it feels like. It just feels like it's generational for sure. I mean, obviously, across the generations, I'm not saying that if you're of a certain age, you right. will or won't do this, but I agree. tendencies would be the younger you are, the more right. open you are to this, right. which mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong. It just shows that I'm a little out of touch with that. And me too. And I have a hard time putting it down because I know that anytime an older generation scoffs at a younger generation, that's just the way it goes. Right. I mean, you can go all the way back to Elvis Presley and beyond. Oh, you know, that rock and roll blah 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 so the Beatles. my that, generation like was that music seen is the a certain tame, way and it, and it you know rubbed us the wrong way so yeah i don't get it but that doesn't mean it's wrong <laughs> all right so let's not gas too much on that since we ran out of gas last time but chris also um chris has proven me wrong at least in my old man views because <laughs> i asked who in the bleep would want an emergency room wait time Update. iPhone app. Yep. Well, apparently 500 people in the <laughs> D.C. area, at least, because that's how many Chris has said have downloaded Innova's iPhone app on emergency wait times. Uh, and what he and I guess there was a, a story on it, so we can provide the link to the story to get a chance to read that. Uh, and what he's saying is, you know, it is it is to our point in the podcast Less about whether or not they will actually use it and more about uh, what it says about their brand, right, the right. transparency and putting it out there. And Yeah, because the real, the real statistic that's going to matter there, even beyond downloads, I think, with an app like that, you know, I think if, you're, if it's Angry Birds or Plants vs. Zombies, you can assume everybody downloading it is using it. Right. Um, but with an app like this, um, the real data would be how many people are using it. Well, I don't know. I think I, I've, I've got a phone. I've got 
three or four home screens on my phone full of applications that I downloaded to look at and then never have never used again. Right, but I think that's the point. The point isn't the real no, no, data. Yeah, it's yeah. how many people no, use I, it. I it's agree. how people download it because but if you, you just want, get that impression. Right, but the, yeah. the, the thing that people in that case just need to be careful of is not to assume. If, if one of your metrics you're trying to measure is people using right. it, right. Don't, don't count downloads as people using it or look at look at the data for people who are accessing your the database that's driving it or the 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 uh, pages that are driving it i still can't tell if we're on the same page on this adam i think i think we are (laughs) i mean i would say that don't don't worry as much about the number of people that use it so to me that's less important data than it is the people download it yes from a transparency standpoint if that's yes i agree but my other point was that if you want to then be able to track metrics about it or like how are people using this? Right. How can we improve right. it? You know, if, if all those 500 people are using it regularly and more people are downloading it, then you want to start looking at, well, what else can we do with this right. thing to make right. it better? Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll provide a couple of links. Uh, he, he provided links. Um, there are comments on iTunes. So it's available on iTunes and there's comments on it. Uh, so we can provide a link to that and then a story in the Washington Business Journal about it. So yeah, uh, I think that's cool. Thank you to Chris. Mm-hmm. And Chris is going to join us for the podcast. He insists. So we had to open up a phone line. Just Will he for be Chris. at the Shushmid one? Or the Shushmid, yeah. Oh, He'll be okay. there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. He didn't call me directly. What the heck? He put it in his email, <laughs> his response email. And he may post some of that on our blog too so that would be good yeah i think he said he was in the process of writing it up so okay on to topic two consumer reports who has a new website it's not a new website it's a year or two old called uh, consumerreportshealth.org which we have talked about uh that rates hospitals uh but it's kind of a weak rating um but the news now is they have just introduced physician ratings which is the next big wave of ratings. Now, they've done it in a way that I think is the only way you can do it. Well, it's not the only way, but uh, they have done it around, first of all, they've picked one type of procedure, heart bypass surgery. So this is kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you just roll something, a prototype. Beta. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a beta for this one to see how it works, and then they'll launch others. Uh, But but it also is a little... uh, it's not a very representative beta because the data they use to come up with the ratings for heart bypass surgery comes from the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, which is a nonprofit group where more than a thousand, the vast 90% of all uh, heart surgery physician groups report data in to this Society of Thoracic Surgeons. Uh, and so that data was already there ready to be leveraged in a certain way. And so Consumer Reports has taken that data and is turning it into these easy-to-read consumer ratings. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to be able to do that with every physician group because they don't all have that cooper- cooperative association or right. even the data behind it. So while I think it is a prototype beta, uh, I don't know how they're going to replicate it with everything. So uh, basically, what you ha- first of all, you have to pay Right. To access this, right, and it's nineteen ninety five a year, just which is for the health, just for the health, okay, which is pretty reasonable. There's a lot more to it. That's I mean, just for the if not, that isn't a consumerreports.com subscription fee. No, that's it's just, just the health. health. Oh, wow. But health includes wow. health. Basically, is it'd be like WebMD. 
is how much information they have on their health. So it's not just ratings. They have all kinds it's of... It's like an encyclopedia type It's like thing. an encyclopedia too. Okay. Uh, and when uh, you think about it, you think, well, gosh, why would you pay $20? But then also if you're actually researching heart bypass surgery, paying $20 to learn which is the best physician group in your area seems like a... In the bucket? Well, it depends yeah. on what you get. And when you go there, when I first signed in, I didn't sign in as myself. I wanted to see what would happen. And you go to the site and you can find all the physician groups in your area. So I looked at Minnesota. Uh, you can see their affiliated hospitals, which I think is good because mm-hmm. that's how most people think of this. But then the ratings are blocked. So you have to go in and pay before you can see the ratings. Uh, the ratings are very simple. One star, two star, three star. So, is so this, below average, average, and above average. Is this something that a hospital, we're going to see hospitals touting? Consumer Reports well, gives us a four-star rating. Of course. I would, Especially is the because hospital these are gonna, physician groups that are being rated. Is the hospital going to have, or physician group, going to have to pay $400,000 to Consumer no, Reports? I, I don't to know. What, no, Consumer <laughs> Reports doesn't have that type of model like others in the industry do. No, I would imagine that's not the case. Well, now, there's, that's interesting. I didn't think about that until just now. I mean, I just read the article this morning, but I didn't think about that until just now. That... That's an interesting award to actually tout because that's something that consumers, I think, can actually connect with. Right, right. That's, I've talked about They're that a be lot. Like, when oh, I, I mean, the big yes. the, one of the big one of the main reasons that we say that it's be that it's stupid for hospitals to tout a lot of these awards is that nobody has any idea what it means. Right. I mean, it's great to be an award-winning hospital. That in and of itself just sounds good. But nobody knows what the hell these and awards are. Every two months, there's another award being right. launched. They are, they're essentially meaningless outside of the fact that, it, that you're an award-winning hospital. But every hospital is an award-winning hospital. Right, right. Because if you don't win one, you're going to win a different one. And you'll keep applying for these or paying for them until right. you, there's finally one that you won. And that's, <laughs> that's what you're going right. to tell it. And that's how it works. So yeah. every, it's not a competitive differentiator because every hospital is an award winner. There, and, there are circumstances where it could be. Yeah. If, there, if it's some kind of... The, but the big thing is that nobody knows what these awards mean. Right. Typically, they People don't. are can make some connection to consumer, consumer reports. reports. Right. <laughs> Except for not you, right? We, Adam and I have a long-running debate on... We won't even touch it because that could be a whole podcast by itself. <laughs> uh, but in, the, in the, some back and forth, I mentioned consumer reports and... And I was like, well, I don't use consumer reports. I've always thought of that as for quote unquote. I don't old turn people. to it. No nice. offense. Well, it's 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 been Which around a long fine. time. I and mean, when when was consumer reports founded? Oh, like the fifties or sixties. Right, right. Yeah. And they've never really done maybe they just don't need to, but they've never done anything to oh. ev- to change their image over time. It's always been consumer reports. I think it's I don't even I don't remember ever seeing their name written differently. I mean, that's kind of been right, their right, mark right, right. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I kind of related it to, to Cadillac. Cadillac at some point became a brand that was just outdated. Amazing cars, I'm sure, right. comfortable cars. You know, it's like you're floating on air when you're riding in one. But it was an old old person's car, right. and that's right. what you thought about it. Yep. And then they went through a, a whole rebranding or redesigning of their product line, and now it's a pretty, yeah, pretty energetic looking car that somebody young would want to drive. So I think that's a point well taken. I don't think that's off base actually. Now, of course, we're talking about healthcare. So from that standpoint, it, it's, it doesn't hurt them, but they do right. need to consider the younger generations, which is the whole other topic we won't get into, but Adam and I could rip on forever. 
So, so that part of it is what you're saying, Adam, is, hey, this Consumer Reports, people recognize this. Now, there's been other examples of this, though, that have failed in the same sense, like J.D. Power. I think most people know of J.D. Power. Yeah, but I— yeah, Right? I tie—but I tie—Consumer Reports, I don't tie to a product or right. a service. Right. J.D. Like Power, Power, I tie to cars. Right. Um, they tried to get into this business and then got back out. Sure. They did. Because nobody, people don't see them that way. I guess I don't know why they got out, but that would be, That'd be my good guess. guess. Yeah. So, but then the challenge is you get in here and you're like, well, what? Thanks for nothing. I mean, three stars, two stars, one star. Um, of course, you have to understand how they come up with the rankings, uh, which mm-hmm. is pretty convoluted. Uh, there are eleven standardized measures they had. Um, blah 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 blah. You can go. We'll provide links. You can go read all this. Um, but some of this is interesting, and if you dig into this, you start questioning even Consumer Reports, who I believe is an objective source. So one of the FAQ questions is, does it matter how many procedures a group performs? And their answer is, research has found that a group's performance depends far more on how well it adheres to established best practices than how many procedures it does each year. So volume is not one of the measures used by STS to rate groups. Now, that flies directly in the face of other leading safety and quality organizations like LeapFrog, Mm -hmm. which do say quantity matter, particularly with something like a heart surgery. The, The idea is that the more, I mean, not just the idea, but they have data that shows the more of these you do, the better you become. I mean, I think that's common sense. Now it doesn't guarantee anything because, you know, if if you're if you go to a, a hospital that's done that does the most heart surgeries, that doesn't mean you're going to get the best quality because you could just get the youngest cardiac surgeon mm-hmm. who's done four. Right. So it's never a guarantee of that. But uh, I think what these guys are trying to say is there are better ways to do it. But it's really interesting to me. And then can I get really math geeky on you guys? Sure, why not? Okay, because there's something else in here that I think. Maybe you can help me understand. So then it goes on to say, uh, however, surgical volume is important for statistical reasons. Specifically, physician groups that do a relatively small number of heart bypass surgeries are statistically harder to differentiate from average. So these groups are more likely to get an average or two-star rating simply because there's less information about them. That doesn't make sense to me. So, for example... If you poll a thousand people in the Twin Cities about anything, you're going to get a nice bell curve of how people think. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could, uh, you know, you could do another ten thousand, and it's still going to shape in that bell curve, right? You have to do a statistical minimum to get that validity. Okay. What they're saying is, if you went out there and polled three people on the street, they're more likely to just be average. So it's, it's harder to value that response with a lower quantity. I would say it's the opposite. If you went out and pulled three people, you know, it would, you could potentially skew it. Now, maybe what they're saying is the odds are they're going to fall on that average. But if it's a smaller group and one of them says something extreme, that small group is going to be way over on the extreme part right. of the bell curve. So right. that, that's why you have to have a certain number. Yeah. is to make sure that it is valid. So uh, that's just weird to me. Does that make sense, or am I just high? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes, it I makes don't sense. Know. No, it does. Does it make sense? Yeah, I just think it's yeah. a weird... I mean, if, 
if it's you look, at, look at it on a bell curve, which is how you have to look at it, that. How about this? I'm going to ask this question of you guys and see how you would respond. What should I do if I have an urgent problem and the only local option is a one-star surgical group? I won't tell you what they said. What would you guys say to that? That's one of their FAQs. I would go there. What would we do? You would go there? I have a, well. Is that what you said? I just didn't hear you. It depends. Is it an immediate need? Urgent. 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 So like my appendix burst and I need that thing In this case, it's heart surgery. Probably. So I need immediate care. The only local, I'm going to go to the only local. So a lot of times, yes, there is emergent, but let's, in this case, obviously you have a choice. I mean, you, you can decide I'm going to go to this one star place that's close by, or maybe I want to go somewhere else to have my surgery. So it's it's not, not it's not emergent, but it's a pretty significant issue that you would want to screw with. If it was significant, I would do some research. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What would you do research? What would you do research on? Whatever the condition was, I'd probably go to some of these resources and try to find out. Well, first, I'd probably start with my personal network and ask if anybody has any knowledge of this or experience, um, or family members, friends who have gone through this. Where did they go? What did they find out during the process of exploration? Um, And then from there, I would probably turn to some of these resources, but I would have to find out what the resources were. Because depending on what it was, I might not even know where to start. Right. Would you look at other options? I think that's the... If I knew the only local option was rated low, I would look at other options. I wouldn't rule them out entirely because of that, but I would look at other options. Mm-hmm. I mean, convenience of location, especially if it's something that's going to require frequent visits after my mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, I, it might life might be very... Life's going to be difficult anyway. When you're going through some sort of, if it's if it requires rehabilitation, to stack a massive commute on top of it, or mean temp- right. maybe you have to temporarily relocate yourself. I mean, that's throwing in a whole a whole another mess of inconvenience into the mix. So, well, it kind of depends on what one star means too. Basically, in this case, know. one star for these guys means below average. So, Do you want a below average heart procedure? I don't know. Well, it depends. I mean, I think you need to look at more than one resource, obviously, but I'd look elsewhere. I mean, or at if, least do some research. If it means people are are dying because of it, or I mean, it depends on what the outcomes are. If it just means people are unhappy with, you know, yeah. If they're surveying people and these people are just unhappy with the experience, yet they received good care, then I'd potentially be willing to overlook that, knowing that, uh, hey, I might have a crappy, exp- I might have a real pain in the butt of a nurse while I'm there, or the food might really suck, but they're going to do the job and they're going to do it just as well as anybody else would. Then I would, that's why they had one star or two stars. Yeah. I would probably still consider them. But they're rating the procedure, right? It's, it's all quality. It's yeah. all clinical quality. So the four areas are patient survival, absence of surgical complications like infection, well, in, those, mm-hmm. in that case, recommended yeah. medications, <laughs> and optimal surgical technique. So th- the advice they give is to dig deeper, apparently, and I'm trying to find this out. Um, oh, you can see how they're rated in each of those four areas. Oh, that's good. So they say, you know, if it's, if it's like recommended medications where they're lower mm-hmm. and that's what's dragging down their overall rating, then talk to them about that and say, which, you know, what do you use and, you know, how do you decide which medications? And I noticed this and can you just make sure that. Um, so their, their advice right. is 
they don't say anything about looking in other places. They just say, well, how, well, how do you deal with this information? Which is inter- interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very, very, uh, if you dig deeper into this, you can see like patient survival, they have very specific percentages. So for a group, um, Twin Cities Heart and Lung, which received an overall three, so the best you can okay. get in the Minnesota or Twin Cities area, um, patient survival. Patients have a 98% chance of surviving at least 30 days after the procedure <laughs> and of being discharged from the hospital. Now, that, that statistic gets two stars. So 98% survival rate is average. So I guess you have to be everybody survives? To get three? To get three. I mean, I well, how do you get three in that area? So 99%? Yeah, and what brings you to one? 95 yeah, I don't know. Some statistic. Some somehow they've set the parameter. I mean, ninety-five percent chance of survival still sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're telling I would, me there's I would a want chance. hundred, but now, I mean, no matter what you're doing, if you're going to get put under, there's a chance you're not going to survive anyway. This is and this is where we won't get into it because I don't know. But you're going to get someone at the University of Minnesota who says, "Well, that's not fair." You know, we deal with the most difficult patients. The acuity right, level's right. higher, so they're more likely to not survive because they have comorbidities, they have diabetes, they have what other things. Right. So you can't just look at that right. because if all they're doing is cherry-picking the best patients, then of course their survival rate's yeah. higher. I have no idea if they've taken that into account. It doesn't sound like it from that description. Right. Um, but we'd have to dig deeper and, and see. Sounds like you could dig really deep into this. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Interesting that ninety-eight percent chance of survival is only two stars. Well, if, if <laughs> I mean, see, but there, there's a great example. If you dug in there, if they got two star, and you dug in and said, "Well, I don't know if I want to go to a two star either," and saw that two star equaled ninety-eight percent chance, you'd probably go, "Well, what the hell, I'm okay with ninety-eight percent chance. I'm not traveling three hundred miles for ninety-nine percent chance." Right. Yeah. If that's really the difference between two stars, well, and this three also stars, I think highlights. That you need to be careful when taking yes. these ratings into consideration. Do not base exactly. it entirely on that. On a three-star? Yeah. On oversimplification? I mean, what does it mean? How do they come to that conclusion? Yeah. Pro- the problem is, I mean, how, do, how the hell are, as consumers, are we supposed to know what the right way and the wrong way is to do that? I mean, these people are supposed to be the professionals. They're supposed right. to be the ones who are determining what the best way is to measure this. And it's... It's an interesting scary, and potentially scary area. Yeah. Yeah, and it's information that... The, the other side of that, the flip side of it, and then we can leave this one, is it's also easy then for the people providing the care to dismiss this. Right. Which is, you know, you would like to be able to leverage this and say, look, this is what our consumers are seeing. Mm-hmm. We need to improve our quality. And for them to go, well, that's hogwash, you know? Right. And I can hear people in the Twin Cities, and this is no diss to the people that were rated highest in the Twin Cities, uh, but the group that's rated highest is at a, a secondary hospital. So the, the, the people at the trauma centers and the academic medical centers are going to go, come on, you know? You know, the, the, the ones that you, the, the, probably the biggest, most well-known and the highest national reputation in the Twin Cities is the Minneapolis Heart Institute. Mm-hmm. At Abbott, right. they've got two out of three. The ones that have threes are in Coon Rapids and Saint Cloud, so they're not even they're not even big hospital system. Well, right. Saint Cloud's a fairly good system, um, but so they're going to immediately the folks at Minneapolis Heart Institute are going to blow this off. Right. 
There's no way you're telling me that those folks are better than us. Mm-hmm. So there's something wrong with Consumer Reports. Get out of my face. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, that's probably the message they would give to people who ask why they're rated lower, right? Because these are the same people that were quoted in the newspaper saying that those in the Twin Cities should get down on their knees and thank us. Yeah. <laughs> right? All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, how are we doing on time there, Adam? Uh, we're at about 32 minutes. Whoa. Can well, we just talk nearly. about one more thing? Yeah, we, we can do it. Okay, we'll post it real quick. This just came through from a, a blog I follow called Healthcare Strategist. It's a great blog. Uh, and this has nothing to do with healthcare, but it's hilarious. Uh, Drake University. I lived in Des Moines. I grew up in Ames, Iowa. Lived in Des Moines for a couple of years. So I know Drake really well. They have a new logo. I don't think Jackie's seen it. It's a big D with the plus. <laughs> D plus. In the upper right-hand corner. You can't even get through college. With D that plus, grade. and it says the Drake Advantage. The Drake Advantage, like Drake is great, and then plus all this other stuff. Nice. And according to this blog post, Drake officials refer to the campaign as "quote intentionally edgy" unquote, and seem quite sure that those who are Drake material will understand. Though a lot of faculty, students, and alumni aren't impressed. <laughs> Seriously, you can't be a you can't be an academic institution and have your logo be D plus. No, I don't care what you think it means. Yeah. That's all people will see in it. They will yeah. laugh at you. They will think it's a joke. It's cute, it's certainly, but it's not. It's edgy. Maybe. I, it's more. I right that, and that's going to be their logo, right? That's not like part of a well, campaign. That's what it says. They set out to rebrand themselves. If that was if that was like a if that was a campaign of some sort that had a limited you know had a shelf life that was short and people really clearly understood the humor behind it, right? Then I could see it having some. But I don't think validity, it's the right but, humor. But I don't. No, I no, I, I agree. I agree. But I'm saying especially if that's like their if that's their new identity mark that is a little strange it doesn't really say it's it doesn't really say whether it is a, a special campaign or whether it's identity i took it to be their new logo but um i i just i don't care what you think it is i don't care how subversive you think it is the guy makes a quote in here you know do we just go with the uh even bad publicity is better than none at all right um you know would a hospital have a logo with somebody you know in a coffin i mean this is essentially <laughs> using a, a turd as your logo in an academic yeah. sense for a D plus for a it's university. It's an academic turd. It's a turd. I mean, do you want a piece of poop as your logo? Well, if you're <laughs> like a fertilizer company, okay. Well, even even they're smart enough to know that they shouldn't use a pile of dung as their I don't know. Mark. I, I really have a hard time. But for them, it makes sense. That's what they deal in. They're not supposed to be dealing in D pluses or Ds. Would anybody look at that and go, that's really clever? I get what you're doing. You're, you're getting my attention by showing me Reverse something that's psychology. moronic. And then I, I really dig in to find right. out that there is more to. No, most people are going to go, what are you? You just must be retarded. No right. offense. And, and considering thing, yeah. to use it in the first place. The investment that college is. People take this seriously. <laughs> I know. No wonder oh, well. faculty, and I can just see faculty and. Like I'm paying twenty thousand dollars a year to go to this school, and you. This is the educational. This is dad. well, and this is how you view yourself. I don't know. Anyway, we'll post the, a link to uh, this blog post, and where you can see the D plus in all its glory, and <laughs> probably a good place to sign off. So hopefully, uh, we'll see some of you at Schmidt again. Where we were looking for people to join us in our podcast, which we're going to do live from Chicago. 
So uh, hopefully we'll talk to you then. For Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, I'm Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.